Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This week's episode is brought to you by Warner Brothers Television and DC Entertainment's acclaimed drama series, Black Lightning, from executive producers Salim Akil, Mara Brock Akil, and Berlanti Productions for the CW. The New York Times declares that Black Lightning is pulp with a purpose, while the Los Angeles Times calls it a thrilling, smart, and pop culture savvy series that bounces between present-day politics and escapist fantasy. And The Atlantic says Black Lightning offers what is arguably the most timely and nuanced portrayal of the internal conflicts that can arise within the African-American community on the subject of racial justice. For your Emmy consideration in all categories. Hi, I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Today we're going to be discussing the Emmy contenders for Best Limited Series. Uh, Remember, last year that was won by Big Little Lies. Uh, Plus you're going to hear Dominic's interview with Natalie Dormer from Amazon's Picnic at Hanging Rock. Technically available for a limited series. It it is, right? Yeah. And then my interview with James Corden, definitely not a limited series, is on every night uh, with his talk show. And uh, we talked to him at our annual Emmy Contenders event. But first of all, best limited series. Now, this is one of those categories that people get, I would say, legitimately hot and heavy about because these are where these are where some of the, the best and the brightest really are on television nowadays. You get a lot, this is where one of the places where you found a lot of big screen stars first started migrating to the small screen because this was something they could do. It's yeah. like, look, I've got a little bit of time here. I am not going to commit to 22 episodes on a, on a network. I'm not even going to commit to 13 on a, on a cabler or Netflix, but I will do six. Yeah. A nice British number, little six, because the Brits. <laughs> no, but the Brits invented yeah. those six episode series, which people love. You know, last year, as you said, it was Big Little Lies. Lots of big stars in that. Nicole Kidman, obviously. Reese Witherspoon, obviously. Laura Dern, obviously. Many, many, many big stars. Um, and they will be back with Meryl Streep joining them for season two, which probably will be in this category when it comes out. But this year, I don't know. It's, it's. I think personally, it's going to be Hulu's The Looming Tower. To lose, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, I mean. because that's not only a very well done uh, limited series, but it's important. You know, it's got the gravitas. Totally, that and this, this Emmy this, voters love. Yeah, and this, this look at the at the the small steps and stumbles up to the tragedy of nine eleven also has Jeff Daniels. It also yeah. has Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, too. it's got but a it great has cast. it has Jeff Daniels in the lead, and Jeff Daniels. Past Emmy winner, yeah. lot of heat, lot of heat. He was at our Emmy Contenders event. I spoke with him uh, about this, and he, I think, he will be a magnetic pull for not just his own category, Best Actor in a Limited Series or Movie, but for this in this in the of, category. Of course, itself. he's also in Godless. I know there's Netflix. A little, there, there's a lot of Jeff Daniels. There's a lot of Jeff there. Daniels in this limited series category. Yeah, here. a lot of Jeff Daniels. Because um, so, of course, Godless also the Netflix yeah. show, the Scott Frank show could also be in here. Though I actually think. 
I actually think Godless could come back. I don't think Godless really is a limited series. Well, it is this year. Yeah, but I mean, if for instance, <laughs> like for instance, actually, does that mean next yeah. time around, Big Little Lies season two no longer a limited I series? I think it Instead falls it goes into, into that drama. Downton Abbey kind of situation yeah. where it started out. In fact, it already last year, if you, if you recall, the Producers Guild went back, took a revote when they when they announced a second uh, season of Big Little Lies, and they took it out of limited series for the PGA Award and put it into um, dramatic series. Yeah. And uh, so that was the beginning of probably what might happen uh, with the series next time it comes along. If it does appear to be something that's going to be done on a regular basis, that was what uh, happened with Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a very interesting—I mean, I think that this category is—is is, is, I mean, I said, and I, I love to quote myself, so I will, that it was, <laughs> it's one that has a lot of a heat to it. Yeah. But, I, but I also think, too, is, it's interesting that this is where you get a real diversity— of, of, of forms and topics yeah. because you have everything from USA's Unsolved, The Murders of Tupac and the Notorious B.I.G., which is really, you know, a very good series. Very good. I, I think ultimately Unsolved will become an anthology series more than anything, probably. Yeah. But I think in this particular one, you're dealing with, with at one of the two of the biggest stars in music, biggest stars in American culture of the past 30 years. Um, but it's also something which feels very, very modern to Emmy voters. The other yeah. end, you've got the likes of Stars, Howard Ends, Howard's End, yeah, and PBS's is, Little Women, which is yeah, like which are classical classics. fodder yeah. that's, that's won here before. Yeah. That, you know, Emmy voters seem to gravitate toward foreign accents, particularly British accents. Little Women, though, I think in the end, the reviews weren't as strong for the show as they were for the opportunity to give Angela Lansbury an Emmy, finally, yeah. Yeah. after 18 nominations. Can you believe she has never won an Emmy? It's just surprising to me. Now, let me also, I love to quote Dominic Patton, too. So let me quote... <laughs> such, a good, such a good plug for a whole subgenre there. Second only to you quoting yourself, let me quote you on Patrick Melrose. I looked at your review of that, and you were just falling all over yourself. I was. I was, fall, I, was, I was literally critically, drunkenly falling all over myself. You were, like, throwing out references to things that it reminded you of, that yes. I'm going, like, my God, you love this show. Yes. I, I, I totally... I totally Dennis Miller the shit out of that review. <laughs> I totally did with my esoteric references. But I'll tell you what, I love the books. Yes. And, and there was five of them, and I love the books. And I really did think what could have been a recipe for disaster, so to speak, with a tale of, of drunkenness and, and debauchery and, and, and sexual family sexual abuse and then redemption, often those can become very tiresome. I mean, anybody reads yeah. these memoirs of, of, of rehab, you just you immediately want to go get drunk. But... I think that Benedict Cumberbatch did an amazing job. He's, he's amazing. And secondly, there was yeah. such strong support, yeah. and there was such a strong focus for yeah. each episode of the five that drew from the books. And I would say this, there's adaptations, pretty much I'd say adaptations rule this category, if not yeah. a lot of TV, as The Looming Tower is obviously an adaptation of the Lawrence Wright nonfiction book. But they really decided to like, you know what? This is a good book. We're doing this book. Yeah. We're doing this book. Yeah. And they really held it. They didn't update it to 2017. They stuck with the era. And they stuck with it. And I think that, well, if he doesn't win an Emmy, certainly going to get a nomination. Benedict well, Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. I Past mean, winner, going to get yeah, one. If uh, these guys don't get one to get one, I will tell you this. Yeah. He will be back not only as an actor, 
But this was also where he dipped his toe into the water as a producer, and I think they definitely feel like we've got something that works here. Yeah, I think, you know, um, I just did an uh, actor's side uh, uh, with uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, who's wonderful in this place, his mother, Eleanor, and she said that uh, they should show Benedict Cumberbatch's the first episode, they should show that in acting classes. As as what a real really? you know actor can do. She as a as a great actor herself, you know, was blown away by what he does. And of course, all of her scenes, most of them, uh, you know, are with the the younger. The, uh, and then I, I would I would mm-hmm. actually add to Jennifer Jason Leigh, who I will now love to quote. Yeah. And I will say, that, in fact, I think they should show the third episode, which is the dinner party with Princess Margaret, yeah. in director's classes. Yeah. Because in a very limited environment of this country estate, specifically a dining room, uh, a, a formal dining room, the way in which the politics of this, both personal and, and social, play out are so wonderfully dictated by the camera, by the pacing. I mean, yeah. look, you're right. I, I did fall all over myself. I, I will have to take a 12-step program and say, hello, my name's Dominic, and I am a Patrick Melrose addict. Well, but you read all great. five books. So. Yeah, it was great. I, I mean, mean great. I haven't I, read I've the been books. Waiting, I've, been waiting for, I've been waiting for someone to make this for years. I'm surprised it took this long, but I'm really glad the people who made it, including Benedict, did. Okay, now our producer David Janov has pointed out that the in the past it's either HBO or FX, HBO, FX, HBO, FX, occasionally PBS. So let's look at FX. Are they going to come back and triumph in a category where they've been very successful before? It's, it's we not happening. Recall. It's not happening. OJ, you know, American Crime Story. OJ yeah. won all those Emmys, and this year they have Gianni Versace, which I thought was a which is the latest show. installment of American Crime yeah, Story. Yeah, the latest installment of that, and that is uh, considered a front runner here I, in this category. I would, I well, I, I think the front runner is Looming Tower. Well, we and, talked and about then, that, and but Patrick, this is Patrick Melrose. But I, I just, I, you know what? I just don't think it is. I, I think that. I think that it just didn't uh, attract the. It might have attracted some of the heat because of the topic, clearly, and yeah. because Ryan Murphy is a great self promoter of himself and his products, and I mean that actually in a very in a very. I thought good he way. got robbed for feud last year, uh, particularly the Oscar. I know, episode. I know, I know. <laughs> well, talk, talk about quoting yourself. I mean, you literally bring that lot. You bring that up every podcast. Yeah, Ryan, like, I'm sorry exactly, you didn't win. Exactly, it's every I'm, broadcast. I'm so sorry. Um, They'll make it up to you. I wouldn't apologize for it because you're <laughs> kind of right. That, I mean, I mean that Oscar, that uh, nineteen was it the nineteen sixty two Oscars? Was no, no, no. It was the ninth in nineteen sixty three for nineteen sixty two. That yeah. that was it was a fantastic episode. I Not mean that was that was a it. mini movie. It was, it was, it was great. It was they fantastic. had all the money. We've and talked totally, about it many times. Totally pushed all your buttons. Uh, it certainly yeah. did. I but I don't think I don't think FX with American Horror Story cult, even though I think it had no. great political. That never wins. No, but it had you know it had great political mm-hmm. seeds this year. Yeah. But I also feel there's a there's a leg hole trap that a lot of shows and a lot of movies have to be careful of right now, which is right. you can get on the anti-Trump or the pro-Trump train, yeah. but you have to remember, in four days, most of what you talked about is old, irrelevant news. Not even yeah. fake news. It just right. doesn't matter well, anymore, right? In four days. Yeah. It's like in four hours. Hour, exactly. So <laughs> I, I think that that's, yeah. a, that's a guillotine many people might want to make sure they don't get put up in front of. I also think there are some that are just like, you know, look, I, I think Netflix's Alias Grace, which is based on a Margaret Atwood uh, book, right. is simply exquisite television. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think I just don't think enough people saw Margaret, it. I, Margaret I, I, Atwood gets her due with Handmaid's exactly. Tale, and you know it'll be ironic because Hulu uh, has the front runner, according to you, The Looming Tower, and uh, they obviously have Handmaid's Tale. This is really good for Hulu to uh, you know see the it's way still, they're they're sort of jumping ahead of Netflix it's, and it's Amazon it's in these categories. What happened last year? I mean, you know, yeah. again, in a way, like in this Trump era, where every four hours it feels like another thing that never would have happened before now happens. It's remarkable how Hulu 
Hulu was the one that nailed the best drama series. Like, yeah. not Amazon, who spent money hand over foot. Yeah. Not Netflix, who just throws so much at the wall, something has to stick. Yeah. It was Hulu. And I wonder if Hulu happened again. Having said that, yeah. I will say Amazon has what might be a bit of a long shot, but I mm -hmm. think a strong shot in Picnic at Hanging Rock, which is, right. the, as you mentioned, which, in our Yeah, I liked the movie a lot. It was, well, I mean, it's know, a classic, the 1975 yeah. Peter Werber. What they did here is, though, is interesting. Up against the looming shadow of that, right. they actually created something very different. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, I called it lush in my review, but I actually would take it beyond that. I, I think it was something quite, quite special. I don't think, though, with Looming Tower, with Patrick Melrose, and with a few other contenders here, and The Sinner, USA's The Sinner, and perhaps Unsolved, if, if people really want to show that they're willing to do something different. To I throw just, USA I, in I just there. don't yeah. think that Picnic and Hanging Rock is going to be the winner. Well, now, I, last year we had a Genius nominated in this category, and that would be the only, because Fargo's not back this year for um, FX, and um, that would be the only one that's sort of a repeat as the a series uh, cover for this year's uh, subject, uh, I, I Picasso. Don't, I, I don't think, I mean, I think Antonio Banderas did, did a yeah. great, get a great job. And I thought the uh, younger uh, Picasso was good. Uh, but uh, I, don't, yeah. I, don't think this, I don't think the series hit home with people. It, it, it did, did not get the critical review. It did, it not, did not get paint the reviews. Portrait. No, no, no. But they really promoted the hell out of it. These big giant boxes, beautifully painted, and it was beautifully promoted. But I don't think um, that critically it stood up to what people might have expected. Oh, I, yeah. will, I will tell you as our yeah. chief TV critic, it it's did not. hard. It, it is hard to well, make a, uh, shows about painters. You know, it really is hard to do that and make hard, it work. Well, look, I think it's hard to make yeah. a good show about anything nowadays yeah. that yeah. stands out in the peak TV era. Yeah. I think there's the genius idea, Ron Howard and Brian Gaze's idea. Yeah. It, it's a strong idea, yeah. but you... you you have to do more than paint by numbers. Right. Well, you know, they um, they have a, another one. Ron Howard actually uh, said it on uh, my interview with him that was in Cannes, and they're going to continue with this series and and go on doing it, and I think it's a good idea for a series, you know. They and, just uh, have to find the right topics, and yeah. they're not there yet. Yeah. But they also, I think, too, I think that and maybe, you know, a little bit to d go on to the other medium of, of film. As we saw with, with the Ron Howard-directed Solo, they have to be more adventurous, you know? Mm -hmm. They've got a shtick and they're good at it, those guys, imagine. Mm -hmm. they they got to break out of their comfort zone. Yeah, so we'll see. So what else? Showtime, Twin Peaks, it's back. Nah, I don't think it's happening. Well, you're, 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 you're really- I love Twin Peaks, I just don't, <laughs> think, it's, I just don't think it's happening. You know, I'll tell you what it is. I, it, 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 don't it, you love David Lynch and you want to see David Lynch at the Emmys? Come on. But David Lynch's gonna go to the Emmys anyways. He probably he won't show up, he'll do, he'll be doing uh, like I meditation, he'll do meditation at home. Okay. Um, anyway. But I think that Twin Peaks suffers from the, the issue that sometimes films that come out in January suffer when it comes around to Oscar nominations, which is, yeah. when did that come out? Didn't yeah. that a couple years ago? Like yeah. you just forget about it. But it's interesting and, and it's, it's the reverse of what we were talking about before. It was first nominated as a drama series and now it's, uh, it's yeah. been put into a limited series. We so. will see. We will see. We'll see uh, uh, all that and all of these and, and how they work out. But, With that, uh, we'll also have a word from our sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by Warner Brothers Television and DC Entertainment's acclaimed drama series, Black Lightning, from executive producers Salim Akil, Mara Brock Akil, and Berlanti Productions for the CW. The New York Times declares that Black Lightning is pulp with a purpose, while the Los Angeles Times calls it a thrilling, smart, and pop culture savvy series that bounces between present-day politics and escapist fantasy. And The Atlantic says... 
Black Lightning offers what is arguably the most timely and nuanced portrayal of the internal conflicts that can arise within the African-American community on the subject of racial justice. For your Emmy consideration in all categories. Now with that, as we talked about limited series for the Emmys, I was fortunate to sit down with with Natalie Dormer, who many of you know, of course, from Game of Thrones and the Hunger Games and what have you, but her her performance in Picnic at Hanging Rock really struck me, and I was really, really, really glad to sit down with her. I said three times because I truly was. And what I found was actually one of the most interesting interviews that I did for our Next Generation video series, one I hope you really enjoy listening to now. Picnic at Hanging Rock. This is one of... It's not just an iconic Australian film, but Peter Weir's 1975 movie is one of those films that influenced dozens of filmmakers. So for you, taking on the role of Headmistress Appleyard in this in Amazon's adaptation or remake, as one would call it, how is that for you as an actor? I mean, is that almost overwhelming? Uh, it's not overwhelming. You hold um, respect and... Um, um, you understand that the Weir film will always have its place in cine history, and so it rightly should. But I think the point is that when a, uh, you know, the original material of the novel is such a great story and it has so much to give, then like a lot of stories that we revisit in the industry, it lends itself very easy to a wider uh, and a new and a, and a wider interpretation. You've got six hours here to handle the original 200 pages of um, Joan Lindsay's book. So I a think book that a lot of people actually think is real. Yes, a lot. I mean, that's a the lot thing about. Think it's and, a story. And, and we should explain that for some people. I mean, it's based on a in, in 1900 a, mm. a Victorian uh, girls uh, college. Yeah. College. You play the headmistress. Someone goes missing. Yeah. There's a mystery involved around that. Secrets and unveilings and yeah. all the underbelly one expects from that. But many people think this is a real story. Yeah, the publishers of Joan Lindsay's original book in the 60s did a fantastic job in their PR campaign mm. of making readers believe that it was a true story. And that myth held way beyond Peter Weir's movie till today. And what Beatrix Christian, our writer, has done has gone back to the source material, really tried um, to embrace the subtext that Joan Lindsay, the novelist, um, implied and flesh out this school and this community of characters with an incredible ensemble cast and really delve deep and make up some really great backstories. And then what Larissa Kondraki has done in those six hours is she's added, she's added sort of a surreality, like a David Lynchian element. There's definitely that, a surrealistic, I mean, the, the episode, I mean, look. And I, it goes I, in, uh, in a different direction visually from the weird, is what much, I'm saying. Very much so. And, yeah. and, and, you know, look, I mean, it's coming out in, in a couple of days, but I, I've seen one of the great things about being a TV critic is you get to see some stuff early. <laughs> it's incredibly lush. But your Apple Yard is so different than Rachel Roberts. Yes. So different. Yeah. And I wanted to get a sense is how much did you look to her performance? I, I know you looked at the source material mm. of the 1967 novel. But how much did you look at her performance and how much did you go in other places to find the role and the way you wanted to play this headmistress? I didn't go to Rachel Roberts's uh, performance at all. Mm. I hadn't seen the movie before I started. I mean, I knew, I knew, I knew aspects. I'd seen you know, YouTube videos of the famous images of the girls in the white because it's informed many a Vanity Fair shoot since the 70s. But I hadn't actually seen the film in its entirety. 
And, um, you know, some people might say, oh, Natalie Dorman's too young to play this role. I mean, the fact is, if you weren't married at 36, um, oh, you're, you were a you're a, spin nation. You're a yeah. spinster. Yeah. And if you want to be financially or and uh, spiritually independent in 1900, you're going to be a it's one of the few, you know, professions you're going to be as a and teacher. And in, in her case, she's a transplant because she's come from the UK. Yeah, she's to, run to, away. To basically what she considers the middle of the, the, the end of the world, literally and figuratively. So I, completely. So I understood what. Beatrix was trying to do. She's like, here's a woman in her mid-30s who has run away from a past, a dark past, that um, we're going to flesh out. And then for me, it was Larissa said, I don't want to create a two-dimensional villain. I believe you as an actress can bring a humanity to her. She's a tyrant and a bully, 100%, but it comes from and a... sharp-tongued. So I was given that opportunity to, you know, and and the mask starts to drop as we watch this, what is effectively a six hour film, and you see this vulnerable, pained, slightly crazed woman as she tries to become more and more rigid to hold on to it, um, as, as she's losing her grasp, as the ramifications of these three girls and one teacher going missing sort of sends ripples and in the school and the community. And I had a lot of fun with James Corden, as you might expect, at our annual Contenders event. In fact, uh, he pulled one of the winners, the audience winners, uh, for a, a prize and had the place in hysterics. You know, he's just a really funny guy and he's a great host and he talks about his show and he particularly talks about how the show lives beyond its CBS time slot and into the social media sphere where it's really getting more views than ever with the Crosswalk Musical and obviously Carpool Karaoke, which is taken on its own brand and, and own form, and uh, a very interesting conversation with James Corden. Congratulations on the show, third anniversary. Yes, that's You're right. You're celebrating we, right now. Well, yeah, we, we just had our third, yes, our third year. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I remember Les Moonves, obviously the head of CBS, when this show went on the air, he, he put out a statement, he said, I'm shocked, but this show is already there. This show is like there from, from the word go, and that doesn't always happen with with the talk shows, I would call this more of a variety show in the way you do it. But yeah, um, yeah. Well, I think yes. I think we always try to. We I think we would probably class it more as a variety show in that 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 we always want the show to be uh, to be different every day. We always want it to feel like, oh, did you see what they did last night? They did X. They did Y. They did this and that. And with regards to um, to sort of hitting the ground running if you like I, I think we felt like we we had to we didn't we didn't have any we didn't have the luxury of of an audience of a fan base of people who would stick with us whilst we try and figure it out we knew that if we really didn't come out of the blocks fast going this is our show and this is who I am then it would be an, it would be a, a greater uphill struggle than it was anyway you know and there's something quite nice about being unknown, about being with, about having zero expectation. There's something very freeing about it, actually. I don't think any of us thought the show would find its feet quite as quickly as it did. If I think about, I don't know, like on our first show, we did this big thing with Tom Hanks where we recreated his film career in like five minutes, and that's something that we still do now with people. On our third show, we did this thing called Carpool Karaoke, which people seem to enjoy. And so it's sort of, you know, when you're putting together a show like this, you're just thinking, well, what are, what are our tent poles? Right. 
that we will hang this show on. Because if you don't have those, you're almost entirely um, beholden to the news cycle. You're only, that's all you'll really have. If you don't have things that define your show, all you'll have is exterior things that will inform your show. And that can be very good at points and not good at others. And, and I think it's really important that when you think of like Jimmy Kimmel, you think of mean tweets or, you know, candy. And if you think of, uh, if you think of Jimmy Fallon, you think of thank you notes and lip sync battles. And if you think of David Letterman, you think of top 10 lists and stupid Petricks and, and Jay Leno, jaywalking. And so without those things, what is your show other than you know, just reacting to stuff which is happening outside of your building. And outside of those examples you mentioned, I'd say you do a very elaborate things that I can't imagine you can knock off in half an hour or an hour. Crosswalk Musical yeah. is phenomenal. Thanks. I mean, Mary, the one you did in London with Mary Poppins with yeah. Ben Kingsley is <laughs> hilarious. I mean, you can go on and on with these things, and you do it all in the matter of a stoplight, which is... Is that all real happening? Yeah, yeah. In real oh yeah, time? oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no one was more aware of it being real than Sir Ben Kingsley, <laughs> who who I think who I think just thought. Well, I remember him saying to me, "And, and the roads are blocked off, yes." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, they are." <laughs> Let's get out and do it, shall we? <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean that's that's an example I think of our of our show. That I, you know, I'm I'm very proud of because it's just so silly. It's so, it's such a stupid idea if you really think <laughs> about it. It's so stupid that, and it just came from. There's a wonderful writer on our show called Ian Carmel who, because I'd done a, quite a bit of theatre before I took this job, he's like, "What if you play a sort of ridiculously heightened egomaniac character of yourself and you're, you're so deluded that you think you're bringing theater to Los Angeles. <laughs> and, you know, we really had to build it. You know, the first one I think was me and six dancers in leather jackets doing Grease. And now we actually have one going out, which we shot the other day. We did The Sound of Music wow. with uh, Alison Janney and Anna Faris, Canal Nea, and um, Ian Armitage, who plays young Sheldon, and we... Earlier today. I mean, what a, what a wonderful boy he is. And we... Um, and, and I mean, the scale of it now is kind of absurd, really. There's drones flying above the road, and... <laughs> I don't... And I genuinely don't know if we have permission to do any of these things. <laughs> I mean it, I am not entirely sure. Because I'll look at people and go, are we allowed to just fly drones down the road? And they go, <clears throat> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so thanks for listening to the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. And of course, you can find all of our Emmy breaking news coverage at Deadline.com. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.